Thanks for joining me on this journey and welcome to the Journey with Jenny podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV, where we hit all the topics that help and encourage you on this journey of life. Everything from health to mindset to business to finances, anything that helps you and makes your life better, we cover it all. Welcome, and today we are talking about why dieting don't work, and this is going to be an amazing conversation, and I love it because I say conversation because it's not going to be just me today. I have an awesome guest for you, and I would like to introduce to you Camille Martin. Camille Martin is a registered dietitian, public health writer, and former chronic dieter dedicated to helping women quit dieting, set bigger and better goals reclaim their excitement for life, and lose weight in the process. She spent nearly 25 years of her life on a diet, and she's passionate about showing women how to break free from the downward dieting spiral of failure and improve their relationship with food, change their destructive behavior habits and their negative thought patterns, and lose weight without dieting. She also wants to show women how setting and achieving a big goal that has nothing to do with losing weight is what will help you lose it, because the confident, inspired person you become while working toward it naturally adopts the thoughts and habits consistent with health. She wants to teach you what she has learned on her journey so you can shortcut the process and be on your way to a happier, healthier life, one that's no longer dominated by a desperation to lose weight. Camille is the owner of Love to Lose and lives in Charlotte, North Carolina with her two daughters and their rescue dogs. Please welcome Camille. Jenny, thank you so much for having me. That's quite an introduction. (laughs) I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Yes, I am so excited to have you. And I just think this is going to be such an amazing conversation and such a treat for our audience because the things that you have experienced and the the desire that you have to help people because of the journey you've had is just really inspiring. And it's just lovely to see someone who is so passionate about really taking what has been not so great in in your own life to be able to put that forward to help others. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. Thank you for being here. Yes, absolutely. And I always say that, you know, any pain that you experience in your life or anything that you've learned, any lessons, it's all a complete waste if you don't share it with other people, you know? So I definitely, that's exactly why I'm doing this. So That's awesome. I'm excited. So let's dive into it. So I would love to know from your perspective. So how is dieting related to women's self-esteem? Because I mean, we, um, I mean, okay, so maybe I should even back up before that. And just like, you know, our topic is dieting don't work. Like, I think a a lot of us probably know that (laughs) it's just our own personal experiences, right? I mean, I know for from my perspective, I mean, yeah, done everything under the sun, the grapefruit diet and the whatever, like you name it, like, I'm sure a lot of people have been like that. So maybe let's start there. Like, why doesn't dieting actually work? Well, there are a lot of reasons that diets don't work. But I think the first thing I want to mention is that the real tragedy and the problem with dieting over and over again, and then failing because they don't work, is that women don't see that the reasons why the diets don't work and because they all look so different on the surface, you know, there's keto, there's, as you said, grapefruit diet, there's Atkins, (laughs) there's South beach, there's, you know, whatever, eat right for your blood type. 
mm-hmm. all of this stuff and they all look so different that you feel like that you're the common denominator. So you think I, the diet didn't fail. I failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to answer your first question, that is how it's related to women's self-esteem because it wrecks our self-esteem because we walk away from every failure thinking that it was because we didn't have enough willpower and that there's something wrong with us. Um, but diets, you know, there's lots of things about, you know, individual diets that aren't necessarily bad, you know, like steering us toward whole foods and, um, you know, like the whole 30 is something like that. Um, but the structure behind every diet is the same and that's why they don't work. So, um, let's see. So to start off with, you're making all of these huge changes all at once. Um, and then like, you know, two weeks, you're going to make like 10 straight changes, doing everything completely different than what you usually do. Um, and that requires an enormous amount of willpower that eventually runs out. But then when you, even if you do manage to stick with it for two or three weeks or whatever, and you, you follow it to the letter and you lose some weight, when you're done with the diet, you go back to your old habits and your old Mm. patterns and nothing changed. So that's why the weight comes back. Um, so you don't learn anything. Diets are one size fits all. So if you do the South Beach diet and I do the South Beach diet, and then your sister who lives in California does the South Beach <laughs> diet, I have kids, maybe you don't, maybe she works and we don't, you know, yeah. we, we have different lifestyles. We have different preferences. And so they're not going to all fit everybody. Um, that's another reason you don't learn anything. They're one size fits all too many changes. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the three big reasons. But as you can see, there's lots of other structural pieces to it that they all have in common that make them just fail in the long run overall. And and they really just don't work. And the whole point is, it's like life is a process of learning how to, you know, you, you don't learn anything when you don't have trial and error and some sort of like setbacks. I don't like to call it failure, but you learn from right. all of those. And so when you're mm-hmm. doing this huge, I'm throwing out all the food in my house, um, you know, and you can't stick with it. You didn't learn anything. Um, one big reason diets are terrible is because it's focusing you ex- like, on the exact thing that you are unhappy about. You're focused intensely on your body that creates resistance. And if you eat emotionally, that resistance, it's going to push you to do the very thing that you're trying not to do, which is eat. So. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Ah, you hit on so many things I want to go back to. Uh, So actually, so let me ask you this. So going back to just even the word diet. So, you know, we started with the the premise that dieting doesn't work and then talked a lot about you name different diets and things. So what is your definition of diet? Like, I think everyone knows like that, that concept and stuff and that word gets thrown around a lot. So how would you define diet? Well, there are two different connotations that people have when you say the word diet. The first one is obviously I'm going on a diet, but then Mm -hmm. the other one is your daily intake, the diet that you follow. So Mm -hmm. Um, and it's tough because, you know, when you talk about diet, like you, what your diet is, it just Mm -hmm. sounds negative because we're also used to thinking of it in the dieting restricting way. So it's really just what you, you know, what you eat, not in a day, but like just your, the patterns that you follow. Um, you know, it could mean you're a vegetarian or a vegan, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you eat paleo or, that type of a diet, that 
there's like different types of specialty diets, but mm -hmm. just for a, the average person who's not trying to follow a specialty diet and who's not on a diet, it's just what you you typically eat. And that changes. It changes right. based on lots of things. So I don't like the, the idea that we're locking ourselves into, you know, meal plans. Cause I think right. it's, it's not realistic. It's life. They, you know, yeah. things change. You go to a birthday party, you have some cake. Jeez. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think, I think the whole nature of it that you, that you hit on that it is, it's time restricted. And, um, and so you're so focused on that and, and achieving in a lot of times, probably unrealistic goals as to what can happen in this time frame, And then when that doesn't help, happen, then you have that sense of failure and mm -hmm. um, combined with all of the changes right up front. So I thought that was all really fascinating to just highlight all the issues with it. So then you also got into, um, I, I thought what you said was really uh, intuitive that you're focusing on the thing that you don't like and mm -hmm. or that's difficult. And then that is... I thought that was brilliant because when you see it like that, then you say, well, that right there, like, of course, it's not going to work then if you're always focusing on the negative thing, on the thing that you so desperately want to change, if that is what your focus is. So I think that's a good segue into like from there, like, so then how is that deeply connected to our self-esteem and what can you do to change that? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, all food is, is it's fuel for our bodies. It's how we nourish ourselves. And when the only um, thing we're associating with the food that we eat is how it's going to show up on the outside of our bodies. That's just a complete disconnect because mm. um, focusing on what you look like really, it's how you feel. If the food fuels you properly, you're going to feel excited and relaxed and even euphoric if you're really, mm. you know, going into like, I've experimented before with a raw food diet and I felt like I had just, you know, like I was, had a buzz. It was so amazing. But like, <laughs> but yeah, so we're using it, we're talking about food in a restrictive way. And that means we're disconnecting from the food that we eat. Um, but yeah, so, and I think I, I apologize. I think I lost your, your question because I was. No, that's okay. Just the right. connection with self-esteem. No, no. Self-esteem. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, it all goes back to self-esteem. So when you're, you're focused on your body and trying to you're, you know, I hate what I'm seeing. I feel like crap about myself. I need to stop eating so much. I need to stop eating these things so that I can lose weight. Um, and then you keep failing on the diets, of course, and you, per you perceive that you're the reason for the failure. It wrecks your self-esteem. And the problem is, is that over time, I mean, I dieted for 25 years and, mm. oh, it was just, I mean, my story, wow. it's just, it was awful. It was, um, my self-esteem was in the toilet. Like I had none after that long of a time and I had an eating disorder and it was just totally, it had dominated my life trying to lose weight and be thin and look perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, Jenny, we're also used to hearing the same tired narrative, you know, like I need to go on a diet. I need yeah. to lose weight. New Year's resolutions and, you know, what's the latest diet? And even like, it, it just started to hit me at some point. Like, of course, I'm a dietitian and this is what I do. But, um, you know, I have so many beautiful friends, smart women, beautiful inside and out and who have so much to share and to give and their power that they could be expressing out into the world to help people is being completely just 
um, abandoned because all we talk about is what we look like and how, you know, we look we're so hard on ourselves or bashing ourselves. And it's like, why are we still talking about dieting? It is absolutely insane. It doesn't work. Why is it a thing anymore? We need to like get to a point where we're not like, I want us to be like, God, remember, you know, I I want my daughters to be like my mom, you know, they used to do this (laughs) thing where they, they dieted. Isn't that crazy? That's such a weird word. Have you ever heard that word? Yeah. Can you imagine going in the future? (laughs) God, it needs to go away with like the rotary telephone or something. Right. Like a relic. (laughs) So that is a really fascinating thing though, to think about that. So much of it really is a cultural thing. And, um, what do you see changing culturally that would help aid that? What do you, because, because I think about that and as you were saying, I'm like, okay, so that would be a cultural thing. And, but I do, it's so deep in our psyche and it keeps coming out. It makes me think of like commercials and, you know, advertising mm-hmm. and marketing and like, they know that so deep that they use that and it does, it hits home, it hits a nerve and it works. That's why they keep going back to that. So yeah, what do you see as like in the culture things that could be helpful to change that because it does come up everywhere. Conversations, this, that, everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think it's starting to change with the body positive movement and I, you know, seeing all the ads with women of all different shapes and sizes and skin colors and hair textures and all of that. And I think there's tons more representation and that's awesome. It's really great. Um, But at the end of the day, we are absorbing these messages still that we are not enough, that what we look like Mm -hmm. is where we find our value and our worth. And when we don't conform to the standard, even though we know it's there and it's BS, Mm -hmm. we're still deeply affected by it. And especially if you've been living in, I mean, if you grew up in the eighties, like I did, I mean, you'll never Mm -hmm. probably (laughs) be able to to rid yourself of that. I mean, I, I will not try on clothes. I take it home. I'm like, no, I'll buy it. I'll try it on my own. I don't want to stand and look at my, it's, it's like a, it's terrible. But, um, but I really think the only thing that really will change it is to not try to fix what's broken. I mean, that's good that we're doing it and we're trying to, but I think to come over here and to focus on what's productive and creative mm. and beautiful, which to me is women setting goals, reconnecting with their their dreams that they used to have when they're little. See, women are forgetting. They don't realize the we don't realize the power that we have. Mm. And yeah. because in every way, not just the, with media images about our bodies, but like it's a I don't want to sound like some, you know, like constantly talking about patriarchal culture, but it is, you know, like we're, we're trained in very subtle and not so subtle ways to be quiet, look pretty, you know, don't take up too Mm -hmm. much space. Don't say what you think, apologize, Mm -hmm. get out of the way, that kind of stuff. Um, So it's such a problem that I feel like the only way to, to, to make that we don't want that to be the focus. And the only way to do that is to focus our attention somewhere else. So Mm. setting goals, remembering your dreams, you know, it's not a bad thing. If you have a family and you want to spend five hours a week doing something that you love, that's uniquely yours, that's a hobby or a a goal that you want to set. I mean, we feel like we're not even allowed to have our own 
passions or follow mm. them. You know, it's, it's a real problem, I think, especially for women who have kids. Um, not, you know, it's a problem for everybody, but women who have children that they're taking care of are really get mm. this message that it's selfish and that anyway, so that's what I think the, the solution is, is to yeah. refocus on your, your power. Mm, I love that. And I think um, in uh, keep going deeper here, but I want to um, hold that goal conversation because I definitely want to dive in deep into that in the second segment, because I think that is such a powerful thing and such a unique perspective on it, especially I don't think I would have ever uh, put that with weight loss. And so yeah. I love that. So I, I can't wait to dive deep into that. Um, but I want to go back to something that I heard you saying just about um, our environment. And it just makes me think of just having mm-hmm. that awareness factor of our environment, um, I think is the first step being critical of that awareness factor. What is around me? What uh, messages am I receiving? Um, And then um, just understanding the environment and its impact on losing weight um, and just, and not even just losing weight, but just changing our habits and changing what our focus is. And obviously this conversation is specifically around weight, um, but in all of those habits that we want to change. So Talk to me about a little bit about the importance of that environment. How much does that really affect being able to lose weight, being able to hit the goals that we want to, to make? Well, environment is, um, it's tremendously important. And the problem is, is that we're also used to looking at our environments that we don't notice what's actually mm-hmm. happening around us anymore. But your environment, um, there's a success coach called, um, his name is James Clear, and he mm-hmm. studies um, habit change and environment, the, the influence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. him so much. <laughs> But he has a great quote, and it's it says, um, "Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior." So mm. it's invisible because you're, you know, you're immersed in it and you can't see it. Yeah. But of course, being a dietitian and because women want to ask me, they want to know how to lose weight. I always tell them like. Let's go in your kitchen. And I bet you if I walked in, I would notice immediately five to 10 things that are (laughs) sabotaging you without you even really knowing it. Hmm. Um, So on the negative side, there are, you know, foods, soda, stuff just out where you can see it. So if it's in your line of sight, you're it's and these are um, proven in scientific studies, you're more likely to just grab it and drink it mindlessly if it's sitting there in your face. If you open up your cabinets and all of those unhealthy foods, I mean, I have unhealthy stuff in my kitchen because my kids yes. like to eat stuff that I don't want to eat for myself. Leave it I, on the kids. It's in the house. because yeah, yeah. Get this out of my face. But literally, get this out of my face. I put it in a yeah. drawer that I don't yeah. ever have to access. They get it. So it's like having to take an extra step to get to something unhealthy. Like if you say, gosh, I really want, you know, some chips, but then it's in a drawer and it's in a Tupperware container and then you have to open it and take off the chip clip. It sounds stupid, but it's like- Put in the password. <laughs> oh yeah, right? Put it in the safe. Like, <laughs> but like, if you have to, the more steps you have to take to get to the food, you, those are opportunities for you to check yourself and say, yeah. do I really want this? And at the mm-hmm. same time, putting out healthy foods, putting out a bowl of fruit mm-hmm. and, you know, people are like, really just put out a bowl of fruit, but really it does yeah. work. <laughs> um, 
Also, people's kitchens are cluttered. Um, mm -hmm. They don't have stuff that they need to cook often. And cooking is critical. If you want to take charge of your health and lose weight, you need to learn how to at least navigate your kitchen and make mm -hmm. a few meals every once in a while. Even if you yeah. made an, like a basic, boring, not super, you know, variety filled gourmet meal, you're going to be healthier than if you mm -hmm. just order DoorDash and it comes in from the restaurant because it's going right. to be loaded with sugar and fat and salt and oils. Yep. Yeah. So you can set your environment up actually so that willpower is, you don't need any willpower, you know? Mm -hmm. And finally, I love saying this is that people's kitchens are normally a place of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to cook. I don't feel like it. If you yeah. set your kitchen up, you get it weeded out and cleaned out and set it up properly um, and make it a place of beauty mm. and relaxation. It's so much more, it's, you're going to cook more, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's I have a guide, a free guide actually on my website. If, if, if I can give my little plug for that, but it's yes. free and it's setting up your, I've called it your ultimate weight loss kitchen. So if anyone's listening and wants to get a guide yeah. and start, getting after it. <laughs> yes. Tell us what your website is. So it's super simple to go sure. there. Okay. Sure. It's CamilleMartinRD.com. Awesome. And that's so, you know, just that connection, just in general with environment, but also just the aesthetics and the beauty and the the feel that you get when you're in an environment. Um, that's just really interesting to equate that with your kitchen um because usually and with weight loss usually think of it as just like setting up your home in general have it be a place where you want to be and mm -hmm. be comfortable but just a, that's fascinating that having it be a, a beautiful place to be in a place that brings enjoyment then that will make you want to cook and that will help with the weight loss so that's a really yeah. interesting connection there definitely yeah, that's awesome. Oh, this is such a great conversation. So many golden nuggets. And I'm really excited to be able to dive into the goals and the connection with that in our okay. second segment. So um, awesome. we'll just take a quick break here. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. I'm Jenny with Camille Martin, and I'll be right back. Welcome back to Journey with Jenny on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. I'm Jenny, and we have been discussing with our guest, Camille Martin, why dieting don't work. We have discussed how dieting is related to self-esteem and the importance of an environment and weight loss. So let's move into goals. This is going to be a very interesting conversation and one I don't think you'll hear very often. So Camille, how does setting a big goal help you in weight loss? This is a really fascinating concept to me. Yeah, well, it helps in a lot of ways because, first of all, women's 
usually their primary goal is even if you work, even if you have other stuff going on, our overarching goal in life is I need to lose weight. And so, and it's sad, it's, it's a tragedy. And that was my goal for a very long time, but how setting and achieving a goal that has nothing to do with your weight and what you look like, it puts you in touch with your, um, it just puts you in touch with your power. It puts you in mm. touch with your creative side as opposed to your critical side. And it shifts all of the focus away from your body, you know, mm. and what you're capable of to what, and what you look like um, to what you're capable of and you can create. Mm. So setting goals that don't have anything to do with what you look like, it takes you out of that self-critical space where your inner critic is on like high alert, like, you know, telling you how awful you look and, that is wrecking your self-esteem. So when you take your focus off of all of that and you're putting your focus toward something that you're excited about, something that has to do with your inner power that you're creating in your life um, and setting setting a goal, just setting it is exciting, you know, because most women have forgotten that they even had dreams yes. a long time ago. You know what I mean? So, so yes. it really is. We've lost yes. touch with with uh -huh. who we really are. Yeah. So, um, and my story, actually, I, when I decided finally that I was going to quit dieting and just hmm. stop doing everything, it was a huge turning point in my life, obviously, because I, I stopped dieting, but, um, I was afraid I was going to start gaining all of this weight just because mm -hmm. I decided to stop dieting and, and micromanaging every single bite of yeah. food I put in my body. Yeah. Um, but when I woke up the next day after making that decision, I was so excited and like mm -hmm. peaceful and relaxed that all of a sudden I had all of this brain space and this energy to devote huh. to learning about my food. And that's what I decided to do was to educate myself about food and nutrition and health. Um, and so I, I wasn't, I wasn't having this constant conversation about, you know, how many calories did I eat yesterday? How long did I work out? And how many calories did I burn? I, all of a sudden I was like, well, wow, let me just look up on the internet and see, you know, ask questions, see what, how foods affect my body, how it affects yeah. my health. And then that um, search, that preliminary search led me to get really excited and say, well, maybe I'll take a class at the university after work. So I decided to take a nutrition 101 class and every day after, well, not every day, but a couple of days a week after work, I went down to Georgia State University in Atlanta and um, wasn't actually the, the most uh it was kind of scary. It was pitch black dark in downtown Atlanta. So like the safest, I mean, whatever. Anyway, so it was out of my comfort zone, but I, I took that class. I got super excited about it and I decided to keep going and then ended up as a dietitian, not because hmm. I was planning on doing that. But then at the same time, I love to run, but I had previously had the attitude of like, I'm going to run just to burn calories, you know? Hmm. So I would go out on these five mile runs and like just kill myself on the run. And mm -hmm. if I wasn't sprinting or really making myself suffer, it wasn't worth it. So I started mm -hmm. just taking a jog or taking a walk and I reconnected with my love of running. So I started setting goals like maybe I'll run a 5K. I've never done a race. Maybe I'll do a 10K. And then ultimately I ran um, four marathons, which was wow. shocking to me because I never would have thought I could do that. So yeah. 
all of those goals that I was setting and achieving, and uh, there were others that were involved in that, um, that didn't necessarily have to do with what I looked like. I mean, nutrition does affect mm -hmm. what you look like and running obviously does, but those were just my two, but it stimulated such excitement and joy in my life that it sort of spilled over into every aspect of my life, especially my health. And, um, I, the last thing I was doing was sitting around going, you know, I'm going to try not to eat chips later. You know, like yeah, I hope yeah. I have enough willpower to not eat ice cream <laughs> in front of TV later. So yeah, it's just, it's sort of like it, the rising tide lifts all boats. It's just setting and achieving yeah. all these goals. It's like, it, it brings up everything in your life. So yeah. Fascinating. Two things that really stood out to me just at the end there, when you were talking about like, you know, you were finding yourself focusing, don't eat chips. And I know like when we're told to set goals, you, you put things in the positive. You never put things in the negative. Like I like to say, um, lose the weight or lose 10 pounds or yeah. don't eat the chips. Like, you know, like if you're trying to stop smoking, they stop smoking. Like that's not what you focus on. You focus on what you want to achieve because yes. all your brain hears is the chips, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's don't chips, so don't, it's out of there, you know? So like, you're still focusing on that thing that you're trying to get rid of. So it's counterproductive. So absolutely. A, yeah. Interesting. And going back, it was really interesting what, when you started talking about the goals, um, I, I find it fascinating that it really sounded like a very subtle mindset shift in there because you were still um, you were still thinking about the food, but it was just a different way you thought about it. You thought about like, oh, let me educate myself and learn more about these foods that I'm eating and how can it help me? Yeah. So you were still thinking about food. It wasn't that you're like, oh, don't think about this food at all. Don't think, you know, and the running, it was the same thing. It's like you still did the running. You just had a different perspective on it. Yes. reason to do it. And I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people, again, have a disconnect with their food. We're looking at it. We're working against our food. We're using we're thinking yeah. of it as something that hurts us um, and that we're trying to avoid. Or if it helps us, we've got to force ourselves to eat it. Love the graphic. There's nothing compatible or synergistic mm -hmm. with the idea of between us and our food. And it's all, as you said, focused in the negative. I want to lose weight. I'm going to cut mm -hmm. carbs. I'm going to yeah. quit eating you know, dairy, I'm going to quit. It's, it's all negative. Um, mm -hmm. and when you have a negative focus, you're right. You're bringing the thing into your life that you're actually trying not to bring. Yeah. So when you switch to a positive focus, I want to learn how food benefits me because yeah. the truth is you really can eat, you know, you can eat stuff that's not healthy for you sometimes, yeah. you know, we don't have, we're so black or white. Like mm -hmm. it's gotta be, you know, balls to the wall. I'm going to be perfect and eat everything organic and raw or whatever, or <laughs> I'm just going to go to McDonald's and head through the drive through and order enough for five people and then scarf right. it down. We're just so not balanced. And it's, yeah. you know, and it goes to that forgiving yourself too, because mm -hmm. like, you know, and that kind of goes back to the very beginning of this conversation that we had, just why diets don't work because you're so narrow and focused and it doesn't leave room for, you know, the occasional slip up. And, and so like you're gonna, and that's why it's a journey, right? Like the, yes. life is that journey, it's a step, it's the process of becoming and, and creating those healthy habits that you have as a regular cadence over time, not just something yeah. I'm doing really fast in a too short, you know, a, 
two weeks, you know, short time period. And that's why it's harder to be able to forgive yourself when, but if you're looking at the long haul, like this is my life, like, yeah, I can have that every now and then I can do that and not beat yourself up for it. Absolutely. And I think one thing important you just said is that we tend to look at like, oh, I slipped up or I, you know, I, I ate something that was bad for me. And that was like a mistake and something harmful. But if you change the way you think of it and you look at, you know, a plate of cookies and you can be objective and say, you know, those probably aren't going to, they're not going to nourish me properly the way to, for me to feel good and function the way I want to function. Um, they might make me feel good in the moment. And maybe that's what I want right now is a little bit of a sugar rush and that's okay. It's not, there's no mistakes. There's no failure. There's no, you know, none of that really, as you said, it's a lifetime journey. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, some days you just want to, um, yeah, we, we're just hard on ourselves. We're not yeah. having any self-compassion. We, we beat ourselves up and we think we're failing constantly. And that mm-hmm. just doesn't do anything for you to have an empowered outlook for your life and to take, mm-hmm. to be in the driver's seat and to put yourself in charge. It's always like, yes. that's dieting. It's, your, it's this passive, like, Oh, right. I failed. I need, I need somebody to tell me what to do. You can learn what to do. You really don't even need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I can be a cheerleader and help you look at things in a different way. But as far as what to eat, it's pretty simple. You know, we really overcomplicate it. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and I think one thing you said there that I just thought was interesting, I have another uh, thing about the goals, Um, but uh, what you said about just how it makes you feel. And I think that to me is the most critical question that we can ask ourselves because how do I feel when I eat that food? And that's what empowers you to choose to continue eating it or not eating it. And I think Mm -hmm. that works for dieting, but it also works, or well, we're not dieting, but like in cleaning up, just being healthy and making those healthy habit changes. Um, But also with things when you are um, when you do need to be restricted from a certain diet uh, or food group. And I just mm-hmm. think of um, those who have celiac and just like you oh, yeah. cannot have the gluten. So, and it is the change of the mindset and it's understanding. It's like, it's not like, oh, I can't eat the pizza anymore. It's that does not serve me. I feel awful when I had that. My body yes. goes into crumbling. Like, and so like, I'm choosing to eat the things that make me feel good. And it works for, you know, for just choosing healthy habits and for mm-hmm. the mindset and mind frame that you need to be in for choosing the things that truly are serving your body the best. Absolutely. And yes, to be very clear, there are certain um, health issues that do require that people do not eat certain foods. And um, yeah, so what I usually am dealing with or talking with women about is women who are eating emotionally. And so they're using food in an unhealthy Mm -hmm. way. So I always say it's not about the food as much as it is about the way that you're using the food, the mm. way that you're eating, it is about the food. Yeah. But first let's focus on if you have an unhealthy relationship with food. And I did, I was a binge eater and I used food to make myself feel better and to calm myself down. Mm. And I still have all of those same feelings inside. I just know how to manage it. And the first way to manage it is for me to not beat myself up about it because mm-hmm. I figured yeah. out, I had to go way, way back in my own personal journey and realize that I trained myself to do that. Mm. So emotional eating is what I'm usually talking about. So having a slice of birthday cake is totally, Mm -hmm. it's, you don't have to be perfect and you didn't fail and you're not, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, 
but just ask yourself like why are you why are you eating two bir- pieces of birthday cake why mm-hmm. do you feel are you aware that you're shoveling it in and you're not being mm. present while you eat it being yeah. present while you have a piece of birthday cake and mindfully eating it I would much rather you do that than like scarf down some vegan mm-hmm. meal and just keeps, you know, you can't right. stop, you know, yeah. because it's an yeah. unhealthy way and that's mm. what needs to be fixed first. Yeah. Yeah. That, that just definitely makes me think of a cultural difference too. I just think of, um, I've heard so much like the, the French, especially, and I know in other countries too, it's very common to sit and have linger over a meal in very long time and just, you know, take a bite and just really enjoy it and just enjoy the presence of the person that you're with or the people that you're with and the food and the experience and how it tastes. And that is something that is completely devoid in America. And oh my God. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're just like scarfing it down and moving to the, I mean, just even the concept of eating while you're walking is like, what? Oh, you know, or you in know, front of the computer like this. <laughs> yes. like, I did. I'm not making fun yes. of anybody. I still have yeah. a problem with eating in front of the yeah. computer. And I'm laughing when you talked about France, actually, because I lived there for a year. Really? It was the greatest experience ah. of my life. And I worked at a hotel. I worked. We, I didn't do anything, but we, um, <laughs> we had lunch from 12 until 3. And we would like walk to a restaurant that was like five minutes away. We would order all these courses. We would drink wine, but like slowly sip on it, talk, laugh. And we got back to the hotel at two and we had a whole hour to rest and let our food digest. I was like, why am I going back to the United States? Why am I going back to my job where I can't even get up out of my chair. Um, wow. Yeah, it is a, it is a cultural um, difference and our society is not conducive to eating mindfully. Absolutely not. Um, So that's, that's a big area that if people work, work on one area and if that's an area, like, you know, that's a great place to start, clean out your kitchen and then start trying to eat mindfully. It's, Mm -hmm. it's harder than it sounds. (laughs) And, and I think that whole relationship, um, just all the things that you've been saying just about why we eat a certain way and just being mindful. Um, and I, I think it is, um, until, you know, it's like anything until you're introduced to it, you might not have stepped back and actually ever thought about that. And so I think that's so much of what is happening with a lot of us here in the United States is, is, you know, we have these issues and we're not even aware of them. And it just makes Mm -hmm. me think of um, the show, The Biggest Loser, um, that used to be on TV, you know, a while ago. And I remember seeing like the whole, like, yes, the workouts and the things, and it was always so interesting to watch the workouts that happened and the the success, but always the piece where they would sit down and talk with them and and the mindset. And that always boggled me. I'm like, oh, why are they doing that? Like, I don't get that and stuff. But now I do. And I do think it's like that foreign concept that until you really process through and understand like the, our mindset and the way our mind works affects our eating and then, you know, our habits and then our, our weight gain or, or losing weight so much. And just that, that integral connection is so, so key. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Being aware, awareness is the key to everything you have to, you can't make changes until you understand until you really can step back and look at what you're actually doing, because a lot of us don't realize, well, we definitely don't realize the thoughts that are going through our Mm -hmm. head. Like um, I know some of my big ones and I've talked to many women who say the same, but it's like the compulsion to go grab, you know, your ice cream and sit in front of Netflix. When you've said, Mm -hmm. I really want to do something different. I don't want to do that. But then you find yourself at the Mm -hmm. end of a long day saying, 
I deserve to mm. relax. You know, it's, yeah. I've worked so hard. So like even just being aware of those thoughts goes such yeah. a long way to changing that habit. But then mm. you can also start back here and say, well, if my, if my day, if my days are unmanageable, let me start there and mm. be aware of the stress that I'm experiencing that's setting me up for these thought patterns that are pushing me to do what I'm trying not to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so awareness and we don't notice the thoughts that we think we're so used to hearing our voice in, in our head, but also the inner critic is like one mm. thing that we all need to be very, very aware of because yeah. she is, she is <laughs> vicious and she, yes. <laughs> she's going to yes. keep us stuck and put us in our place and tell us how awful we are. So exactly. Which is why I think going back to the goals that, you know, just like yeah. is so powerful that, that it gives that, that overarching, it, it helps you to kind of override those thoughts. So like, oh, okay, yeah. but, you know, this is what my mind is focusing on. And it doesn't let that chatter get so big and just kind of just overrides it basically. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious with, with women that you've worked with, um, what are some of the goals that they have set, um, to give us some ideas of things like you shared some of yours that you use personally. I'm kind yeah. of curious, um, if you can share some of the ones that some people that have used that you've worked with. Well, um, you know, to be honest, I can't, I, I don't know if I could pinpoint like one specific thing that people work on because it's really very personal and mm -hmm. everyone's, um, everyone's big goal is different for them. Mm. So like, they don't always share with me exactly what they're working. On. I mean, some of it is like running a road race or mm -hmm. taking a class or getting back into their foreign, like, like French, like what mm -hmm. I, you know, yeah. love doing so much. So it's stuff like that, but it's all, it's different for every woman because like what looks like a big goal to me, um, mm -hmm looks like small to somebody else, or usually mm -hmm. what it is, is that people feel like their goals are really, really small and insignificant and they're, they don't really want to share, like they think it's stupid or, mm. but you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I always just feel like starting with a dream that, or like when you were growing up, oh, I really wanted to be this. And, you know, yeah. you could, I wanted to be an interpreter at the UN. I thought that would just be like mm. a dream job. And then <laughs> I gave up on that. But then like, you know, reconnecting with my friends, that was one of the goals I had is to yeah. move to France and, and live for a year. And I did that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. But um, I was just thinking of an analogy and this may not be a good one, but when you were just saying that, that like trying not to, um, what was it? It was like, if you have a boyfriend, a, a dysfunctional relationship and an abusive relationship, you just got rid of, and you're feeling sad, like trying not to be sad about that. It's like, that's never going to work. But what you could do over here is just get excited about your life and try to attract mm. a new person, yes. a healthier relationship into your life. Because if you're always trying mm -hmm. to not, you know, I don't want to miss this person. I don't want to eat. I don't, yeah. you know, Focus yeah. on something positive and it takes your shifts, everything ever. But yeah, any goal, it doesn't matter what it is, because if your mindset has been dominated for the last 10, 15 mm -hmm. or 20 years with what you look like and who, what woman has not had that focus, creating something, taking yeah. time for yourself. It's, it's nourishing to your soul and to your mind and your spirit. And that will ultimately show up in your body. 
Well said. I think that is an amazing way to end our conversation. That was <laughs> phenomenal. I absolutely love that. It's just shifting the mind and changing the mindset and giving you an active way to do that. And yes, I love that. That is absolutely amazing. Absolutely fabulous. And I think it's going to be so, so helpful to so many people that are listening to this. So thank you so much for being with us today, Camille. This has just been a fascinating and super helpful conversation. Um, can you please tell us how people can continue to benefit from your wisdom by getting a hold of your book and getting in touch yeah. with you? Absolutely. Well, every all of my social media handles are on my website. Um, you can find them there. And again, the website's CamilleMartinRD.com. And then my book is on my shop tab on my webpage. So yes, I encourage everyone to get it, not because yeah. I'm trying to you know promote myself, but I really do teach you exactly how to change your thoughts and the step-by-step process to changing your thoughts and your habits. And when you do both, they start to give you exponential results because they feed off each other in a, in a positive way. So yeah, thank you for letting me share that. And I loved being here. I really appreciate it. It was so fun. Yay. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you were. This has been so amazing. I hope people reach out and get in touch with you and grab a copy of your book. So thanks for joining us. And um, thank you all for joining me uh, on this journey of life. I'm Jenny, and you are listening to Journey with Jenny on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you liked what you heard today and found it helpful, please subscribe to my podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. I'd be so grateful. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining us on the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please download my podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help, and I would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.